Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here. If you like this show and you want to make your own, let me tell you about the free platform Anchor. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can add songs from Spotify and create any type of content that you are looking for. Anchor will distribute it all for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space, recognizing that oftentimes we tend to be kinder and gentler towards others than we are to our own selves. And so taking that same energy that you show up with for other folks and turning it inward. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey lady, it's Terry here from Cultivating Her Space. Are you tired of working hard for your money? Do you want your business to run smoothly when you're out of office? If you want to learn how to automate your business cash flow and increase your impact and influence, join me for my free workshop at brandwithterry.com. Again, that's brandwithterry.com. My name is spelled T-E-R-R-I. Hope to see you there, lady. All right. So our quote of the day. Now, I'm not a singer, so I'm not going to sing these lines. I know, I know, I know you want it. I know you want it. I'm not hey. gonna do that. I'm gonna spare all <laughs> of us. <laughs> but, lady, as you are listening to this quote of the day, know that you can go wherever you listen to your music. You can find Karen White's Superwoman. Now, the quote from the song says. I'm not your superwoman. I'm not the kind of girl that you can let down and think that everything is okay. I'm going to read that quote one more time. I'm not your superwoman. I'm not the kind of girl that you can let down and think that everything is okay. T, when you hear these lyrics, since it's coming from a song, when you hear these mm-hmm. lyrics, what comes up for you around the, the title Superwoman? 
You know, it's funny. I was anticipating you asking me this and I was going to be like, I'm going to pass it back to you, Dom, because I don't know. I feel like I need time to process. But as you read it again, I don't remember all the lyrics of the song. But when I heard you read this part, it makes me think about or what comes to mind for me is putting down or taking off the superwoman cape and letting this person know, like, you're not going to not carry your weight you know what I mean? Or meet me halfway and then just put me down and expect me to do all this. Cause I'm not a superwoman. Like I'm going to handle yes. the stuff that I know I can handle and what's within my, I don't know, the confines of my ability, I want to say, and I'll handle that, but don't be trying to leave all this extra stuff and have me coming to save the day. Cause I'm not doing it. That's what I got. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love it. I love it. I think what, about what, you? what I took away from it was I have emotion that I can be vulnerable. And so even if I might struggle with showing those emotions, it is still not okay for you to treat me as if I don't have emotions. It's not okay for you to treat me with a lack of respect and assume that I'm going to be okay with that that I'm going to have this superwoman cape on that allows you to toss your shit at me. And my cape is just going to be that thing that just like lets it bounce off. I'm not. Mm. The cape is going down. I love that. I love it. I love it. And it makes me think about how sometimes people may treat black women a certain way because it's like, oh, she's strong. She got this. Oh, you know, if I don't show up or if I don't do this, mm, you'll be fine. Like you're so strong. You got this. So this is a much needed conversation. So let's just dive right into what is black superwoman syndrome? BSS. Yes. So all of us are familiar with it. If you are a black woman, no matter what country you're in, if you are a black woman, you know, black superwoman syndrome, even if you may not be familiar with exactly what it means, like an actual definition. And so because I want to make sure that we give our Black women their due, so I want to give credit to Dr. Cheryl Woods Giscombe. And lady, please correct me if I mispronounced your last name but I believe that's how we pronounce it. And she is a PhD RN at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, or she was at the time that she published this research article in 2010 about actually defining what it means to be that black superwoman, right? Like what does this syndrome look like? And how does it affect black women? So to give to give you all what that actual definition is, it's this narrative that can be both empowering and devastating at the same damn time. As black women, we are reared to believe that we have these superhuman abilities, right? That our superhero power is the ability to take the weight of the world and not cave under it. That 
we will tend to our homes, raise our children, and overwork to provide for everyone at the expense of ourselves. So we're putting everyone else before us, right? And while we are doing that, we are simultaneously defending ourselves in a world, in a society that repeatedly treats us and puts out the narrative that we are less than. Wow. Yeah. Just hearing that, it makes me think about what was communicated to me growing up about the strength of a Black woman and watching my mom and my grandmother really do so much for a lot of other people. You know what I mean? I think about just my grandmother, her strength. I mean, she was the matriarch. She raised her kids and some of her grandkids. You know, she was my grandfather's backbone. And, you know, I grew up in that traditional sort of gender-rolled household where the woman cooks and cleans and does the, the laundry and irons her husband's clothes and supports him in his endeavors and raises the kids. You know what I mean? And so you serve your husband. You know, husband comes home from work. And you serve him as dinner. And it's just, you see the women do so much. And oftentimes they're up in the wee hours of the morning. Although they're doing so much for the people, their cup is not full. I did not see a lot of self-care. You know what I mean? And I saw, honestly, a lot of regret at some points where it was like, dang, I didn't have a chance to do the things that I was really excited about or the things that really energized my spirit because I was doing so much for other people. And so what I will say, Dom, I feel like we've talked about this on a previous episode. For me, this really informed the way that I show up as a wife and mother and just a working mom and woman in general, because I had a chance to see behind the curtain what it really looks like for a woman to have BSS. You know what I mean? And it's not always, it's not always rosy and sunshine, although it might look nice superficially, you're like, oh my gosh, she does it all. She has the husband and she's managing the kids and she's working. Oh my, she's doing everything. Yeah. But what does it look like behind the scenes? Right. Right. Exactly. I think you nailed it. You nailed it in terms of describing like what that can look like in real life, in real time, that she's got it all. Right. Like you said, that she's got she's got the partner. She's got the kids. She's got the career. She's got the friends and she's got the organization, the professional organizations. She's got the church groups and she is doing all of these things. Right. And she is being all things to all people but herself. Mm-hmm. Right. All and, things to all people. Yeah. All things to all people. And I think we just got to keep repeating that, right? So that it really sinks in that we are constantly in a space of being all things to all people except ourselves. And to be honest, Dom, I feel like once upon a time, I thought that that was super sexy. Like being Miss Independent, like I strived for that. Like I don't need no man. I don't need nobody. Like I can do all this on my own. And I felt that way for a long time. 
And I just can't emphasize how sexy it just appeared because it was like, I can do everything. Like, I got this. You know what I mean? Yes. I will say, I know we're going to dive into our personal experiences soon, but girl, pregnancy, labor, and postpartum have taught me so much about the beauty of being weak and Mm. about, you know, taking off the cape. I am not super, like I used to think, oh, I'm super woman. I got this. I mean, and so I think I actually just, it's funny. I posted a status about this after giving birth because after giving birth, the way that it happened, like I felt so powerful and I felt like superwoman, but not the superwoman that takes on everything. It was like a different, different type of strength that I felt. So yeah. I don't want anyone to see my status and that, but girl, you just said you were superwoman. Not in that way, but like I, I retire that cape, the cape of doing all things and not needing help. It's gone. I don't know where it is, but it's gone. It so, flew away. Yeah, it flew away in it, the wind. It, it, <laughs> it, flew, it flew away. But I love what you said about and the honesty around acknowledging that the idea of being superwoman was sexy. Mm-hmm. I think that that is what they want us to believe, right? That. This is this beautiful thing that we should all be striving towards and that if we're not, we are less than, right? Because I think I can think about what I have believed, right? That, well, if I wasn't at the top of the game in my career, if I don't have kids, if I don't have a partner, then I'm not really fulfilling the things, right? All the things, checking off all the boxes. And then am I really superwoman if I'm not checking off all of these boxes? Mm. When the reality is that, again, don't need to be superwoman and I don't need to check off all of those boxes to be fulfilled. Right. Because who created these damn boxes? Like, how are you just going to have a whole like billions of people in the world and say, okay, these are the boxes that you need to check in order to become the ideal woman or superwoman? Like, no, we're all different people with different desires and visions for our lives. Like, fuck them boxes. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And like, I, you know, I think about I want to go back to something that you mentioned about the intergenerational messages that we receive, right, about being superwoman and the need to be superwoman, whether those messages were direct or indirect, you know, so like whether it was conversations that were had in the household or it was behaviors that we observed. Historically, we all receive these messages. It's been ingrained in us for centuries, for generations, that we had to be the one to take things on, right? To take everything on. And that to be superwoman meant we could not show our feelings. And really, if we reflect back on generations ago during slavery and during Jim Crow, to show our feelings to show our emotions was a threat to our survival. Mm. And hell, if we're being honest, even today, 
there are situations in which we may find ourselves where showing our emotions could be a threat to our survival. The thing that I think of is the workplace. That if we experience any type of bias, discrimination, or injustice, if we get upset, if we try to fight or advocate for ourselves, then we get labeled angry Black women. And so we have been conditioned to, if I don't want to be called angry Black woman, then I'm going to put on my superwoman cape and I'm going to act as if this injustice did not just occur and I'm going to keep it pushing, right? I'm going to put on my superwoman cape and when I recognize that I'm being paid less than all of my coworkers, given less resources to do the exact same job, but then expected to perform higher and better than everyone else. Superwoman cape comes on and I show up and show out. But what is that costing me? I think that is the reality for so many Black women. And so let's just go ahead and dive into the five characteristics of Black Superwoman Syndrome or BSS. And honestly, many of us are going to be like, oh, yeah, that, that's my life. Like, I've been there, done that, right? So the first is an obligation to manifest strength. Oh, <sighs> I'm just sitting with that. Mm. Mm-hmm. I got it. Yeah. I can do it. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. I don't need help. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The second one. An obligation to suppress emotions. Well, I just gave those examples, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Of those obligations to suppress emotions, right? But I mean, even in our quote of the day, like thinking about that of, so my partner is mistreating me and I'm expected to not show sadness around that or anger or hurt or whatever, whatever the emotion is, I'm expected to suppress it. And then we have resistance to being vulnerable or dependent. That kind of goes in line with what we've been sharing already. Yeah. That narrative that we have to be the independent woman. Mm-hmm. That we can't lean on anyone else. We don't need support. We got this. And then the determination to succeed despite significantly limited resources. So I'm showing up at school. I'm a new college student and I'm expected to have all my books, pay for my housing, like be ready. I'm pre-med and I'm taking all these classes that require extra supplies. And I'm expected to have all of those things. And if I don't have all of those things, I still have to succeed. I still have to pull an A in Mm -hmm. all of my classes. Even if, let's say that 
in order to pay for school, I have to work. So I'm expected to work that job and show up for all my classes. And even if I don't have access to all of the resources necessary, I still have to pull an A in all my classes. Now, can we dive into this one a little deeper? Because I want to know what you think about this. So when I look at determination to succeed, I think that's a good thing. It's like I'm good, I'm determined to succeed even if I have limited resources. But I think there's like an asterisk here where it's like even if you're jeopardizing your health and wellness, right? Because it's like, yes. are you pulling these all-nighters? Are you now taking away from like some aspect of your mental health in order to succeed? Because I know many of us are super determined and we're like, okay, you know, I have this limited amount of resources. I'm going to make it work. But when it begins to become a detriment to our health, which oftentimes it does, right? Because we're mm-hmm. sacrificing. I know there are plenty of days where I've you know, worked super hard. And I looked up and I was like, oh, I've worked for five hours and I didn't eat anything. Okay, well, that's a problem. You know what I mean? Right. The determination is cool. Determination is cool, but it's like, but you ain't eat nothing. You right. ain't hydrate. You know what I mean? Right. So what yeah. do you think? I, I agree that having determination is necessary to succeed. But I agree with you that it, yes, that asterisk of it shouldn't be negatively affecting your mental, your mental health or your physical health. Hey lady, it's Terry here, and I want to interrupt the conversation quickly with an exciting opportunity. If you're a busy woman trying to manage many hats, you need to know about Asana. Asana is a project management tool, and it helps you manage your work and take action effortlessly. We use Asana to manage the podcast. I use it for my book launch, fertility treatments, groceries, and everyday tasks. Asana is hosting Focus and Flow Summit on June 9th at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. It's a virtual TED Talk style event featuring experts in the space of mindset, focus, habits, and more. The event is free and you can register at summit.asana.com. That's S-U-M-M-I-T dot Asana, A-S-A-N-A. You'll walk away feeling inspired by speakers, but also with practical steps to tune out distractions and find your own focus and flow. All right, lady, let's dive back into the conversation. But the other piece that I would also add to that is that's also a signal that there is an institutional or organizational problem. Right. So I think about that college student that's showing up. And doesn't have access to the resources. Well, why don't they have access to the resources? Did you, expensive university, bring in this student who couldn't really afford to be here without providing them with the resources that they need to succeed? Mm. Oh, you XYZ organization, did you decide to hire this employee? Not based on their excellent skills. But because you were trying to fulfill a diversity hire and put them in a position that was not geared towards really making them succeed. Okay, now that's a good question. In a lot of cases, I think that is the problem there, right? You're not even set up for success. And we're expected to put on that superwoman cape at that point, right? Like, so we're brought into these situations and we're expecting to put on the cape and make miracles happen. Oh, 
I'm just thinking about all these situations that either I've experienced or people, women that I know. And I'm just like, wow, that is definitely the case. Well, that takes us to our last one, which is an obligation to help others. We always trying to help somebody, which is not a bad thing per se, but when you are not taken care of and your cup is not overflowing to feel someone else's, then it's like, hmm, you know, because I think sometimes I saw this meme actually the other day and I resonated with this so deeply down. So I'm going to try to paint the picture for you since we don't have a visual right here. So it said me trying to advocate for myself. And it was like this little cat, this little meek, timid sort of cat, right? That was like trying to advocate for themselves. And then it said me trying to advocate for others. And it was like this big lion. And I was like, oh, I so resonate with that deeply. Because it's like when it comes to helping someone else, or doing something on their behalf. Oh, I, I'm ready to, I'm ready to turn up. Let's get it. Let's 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 yes. get some results, right? But historically, when it was just me that I was advocating for, it's like, oh, I don't need to do all that. Oh, it, it'll be okay. Like, you know what I mean? So a whole different type of energy when it comes to doing for yourself compared to what you're willing to do for others. And I think that when there's that disconnect, I think that is problematic. But again, if you are good and you've helped yourself and your cup is full and now you're pouring to other people from your overflow, okay, we good money, right? Right, right. I mean, I think about that. I love that visual that you gave because it. I get it. I totally get it. And then I think about it also from the standpoint of being at a job where your health is being compromised, right? Or your cup isn't overflowing, as you point out. Yet you don't set the boundaries for yourself or you don't walk away because you're concerned about other people, right? Like you're mm-hmm. wanting to, if, if you leave, the thought is if you leave, Who's going to advocate for them? Who's going to be their lion, right? Yes. When really your cup is depleted, your cup is empty. But yet you're feeling this obligation to show up and care for the other folks. So that means you have either an empty cup or a cup with a couple of droplets in it. And you're trying to give those little droplets to other people. Yep. So really, you're not even helping as much as you could really help. If you were overflowing, because when you are helping from a place of overflow, it's abundant. I just got chills right now. I just just visualizing that like it's abundant. But when you're trying to scrape up or spoon up that little bit of drops, some little ghetto droplets you got at the bottom, it's like it's not enough. <laughs> Those ghetto droplets, y'all, we got to fill our cup. OK, yes. we can't be giving them no ghetto droplets. <laughs> yes. Just trying to scrape those little bit that's left. No, nope, we're not doing it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. All right, Dom. Well, we have a lot more to talk about here. So we should just dive right into the detrimental effects. Like we talked about, okay, black superwoman syndrome, what it is, how we've seen it manifest, but why is it important for us not to put that cape on? Because there are some effects here. Well, lady, the biggest one that I can think of is this statistic that black women between the ages of 45 and 55 are biologically seven and a half years older than white women of the same age. So I'm going to say that again. 
So biologically, black women are seven and a half years older than white women of the same age. So what that means is that while on the outside, we might look young because of our melanin, on the inside, we're cracking, right? We are looking way older on the inside because of this superwoman cape that we are wearing. I'm not even going to lie, Dom. I was thinking the superwoman cape, all the stress that comes with it. I think about the women that I know between those ages who are like raising or who have raised their kids, but who are now like in the second realm of motherhood, raising their grandkids or someone mm-hmm. else's kids to help out. But then I think about racism as well. And I think we yes. definitely have to add racism into that because all that we experience as black people, I think about what's happened recently in the news yeah. that we're not even going to dive into, but just how stressful it is to have black family, your black son, your black, you know, loved ones who are yeah. out there in the streets and it's just stressful, you know? It is. It is. And I think that that's an excellent point that there are a number of external factors that are affecting our health, right? And so to me, then it goes to one of my favorite phrases of focus on what we can control. And so while we can't control the racism and the killing of our Black sons and daughters, we can control the superwoman cape. And we'll talk about ways to, to deal with that in a moment. But what are some other detrimental effects? We have increased depression, decreased sleep, Stress in interpersonal or romantic relationships. Mm. I mean, all of those right there. You, you know, T. You already know how I feel about sleep. Yeah, we got <laughs> to sleep like our life depends on it because it literally does. <laughs> that getting six to eight hours of sleep a night is a must for our health. You want to reverse. That extra seven and a half years that's on your life between 45 and 55, get your sleep. And the last one there, Dom, was postponement or elimination of healthy self-care or like non-existent. Like, did it ever even exist? Like, were you ever taking care of yourself? And not saying that in a judgmental way, but like many of us were not raised to care for ourselves, you know? Exactly. So we want to go over tips for black women to put down their capes tips to support Black women in your life. And then, Dom, we also are trying to share our experiences. What should we dive into next? Because I know we may have to jump into the after show to continue the conversation. So where, where should we go, lady? I think they want to know how to put down those capes, right? Because okay, they've been cool. listening to us talk about why it's not good, right? Yeah. And, but it's yeah. like, if y'all are like me, then you're wondering, okay, well, how do I do this? How do I put this down? Because for a while, I carried that, right? And I still carry it to some extent, right? There's a lot of things that I've been over this last year or so that I have been intentional about so that I can reverse that, right? So that I can make sure that that superwoman cape stays down. So it's a work in progress. Mm Mm-hmm. I love it. But here's the first tip. Okay. 
Okay. Set boundaries, right? Be clear on what your boundaries are. Set them and then uphold them. So I'll use work as an example. If you work a traditional nine to five, set boundaries around your email and answering work calls, right? You can say, after my workday is done, like after hours, I am not checking email. Whatever is happening can wait until I'm technically back on the clock. If my job is to work Monday through Friday, then Saturday and Sunday, I am not checking email. It can wait. And if it's an emergency, they can call you. So set those boundaries. Don, that is a great example. I feel like work and family are two that Black women can really relate to. And so I want to add an example to the work example that you provided and provide a family example, because I think many of us can also relate to this one too. So having, you know, basically raised my four younger siblings, a lot of times when I was younger or like in my, I would say early 20s, a lot of the decisions that I made were based on my proximity to them and the availability that I had to them. So when I was trying to think of where I wanted to move, I was like, okay, I don't want to move too far because I want to be able to go home and help and do this and do that for them. And so that was really my life for a long part of my life, like helping and making sure I was there for them. Now, when, let's say about six years ago or so, when I, my husband and I were debating if we wanted to move to California, it was a bit of a challenge for me mentally at first because I was like, oh my gosh, that means I'm going to be really far away from my siblings who are on the East Coast. And so what I had to do, being that parentified parent over time, I worked on setting a boundary and like becoming their sister versus this mother figure for them because I showed up very differently in each of those instances. And so my boundary was when they call me with an issue, which they do, I'm showing up in a different way. So instead of coming into the situation like, oh, I got to solve this. I got to send you some money. I got to do this. I got to help. I got to do this. Now I'm listening. I'm empowering them to like tap into other resources, but I have to realize I can't be mom and I can't be as involved as I was before because it's not healthy for me. Right. Yes. And so that can sometimes be tough. You can feel like you're leaving your family, but I find that the healthier I am, the more I can help them find their own solutions or tap into their own resources so that I'm not doing the heavy lifting. And that was a really difficult thing to do, Dom, and it took a lot of time, but setting that boundary allows me to now show up for my child in a different way because I'm not trying to mother other children, if that makes sense. Yes, I love that example. That is an excellent example. I think also because I can relate to it as well. But yes, yes, yes. that is that is a beautiful, a beautiful example. So our next tip is delegate responsibilities. And I think about several years ago, I had this idea that we needed to have a family reunion. And because I had the idea, I thought that that meant, okay, well, I'm going to plan it all out. I'm going to coordinate. I'm doing all of it. Right. And one of the biggest things, lessons that I've had to learn in life in terms of putting down that superwoman cape is that I don't have to take it all on. Even though it was my idea, 
I can delegate responsibilities to other people. I can say, okay, all right, family member over here, you are great with the technology. So you create the website, right? Family member over here, you know the travel agent. So you coordinate all the things related to our travel. And so just to be completely transparent, there were a couple of weddings and some other stuff that came up. So the family reunion ended up not happening. And so I ended up not having to do that. But the lessons that I learned leading up to that process really was about, I don't have to carry this all on my own, that I can delegate things to other people. I love that example, Dom. I feel like many of us can relate to situations in our family where we may have a bunch of responsibilities. So delegate and people tend to like to help. I know you're probably like, well, I know this one person, they lazy in the family. Well, don't ask them, ask other people. There are people who, you know, if you get interested in what their, their gifts are, they can definitely help. So I love that example. Next we have show yourself love and compassion. And for me, this kind of speaks to letting yourself feel any emotions that you might feel just in your daily life as you feel them without judgment. It makes me think about self-care as well. And then also compassion. Now, Dom, having just had a baby, and adjusting to my new body, I right now I'm still, my body's still healing, right? So I still have a, my little pregnancy pudge or like postpartum pudge, I guess you could call it. I have some new tiger stripes on my body, on my tummy. I got a little jiggle, jiggle on the belly. And so one of the things that I do, it is a bit of an adjustment to look in the mirror. And, you know, I saw my body pre-pregnancy. It looked a certain way. During pregnancy, my stomach got so big and I'm pretty petite, right? My stomach got pretty huge. And then now postpartum, it's like another adjustment. And so literally when I oil my belly and wrap my belly daily, which is my practice, I'm thanking my body for doing what it did because it's still an adjustment. So I'm looking like, oh my gosh, is it going to look like this forever? But as far as the love and compassion, I think that me putting down the cape is me letting go of the snapback culture, right? And thinking that, oh, I got to snap back right after having a baby. No, I'm just going to be gentle and kind and offer myself love and compassion and thank my body every time I oil my belly for doing what it did to bring this baby into the world and having a healthy pregnancy and an amazing labor and delivery, all that good stuff, right? So I think that's also how it can look when we show ourselves love and compassion. I am with you on that. I think that was a beautiful example. And then also thinking too about showing ourselves the same love and compassion that we show other people in our lives. Recognizing that oftentimes we tend to be kinder and gentler towards others than we are to our own selves. And so taking that same energy that you show up with for other folks and turning it inward. A to the men. <laughs> Number four is end toxic relationships. I cannot tell you how amazing it is to let go of the toxic people. Like one thing we need to remember is people that started off with you are not always going to be in your life forever. Sometimes they will, which is great, right? But if someone's energy is not conducive to good mental health, to support and love and all that good stuff, let them go, you know, especially if they're bringing you down and you have a conversation with them and they're not willing to meet you halfway or change those behaviors, you got to let them go. 
Dom, I, I want to pass it to you, but I want to share a quick example. I had a friend a couple years ago who would joke around and be like, hey, ugly. And I know some people might be like, okay, cool. I do that with my friend too. But coming from someone who struggled with low self-esteem and depression and who's very mindful of the words that they use, being me, I'm mindful of the words that I use with myself. I told her I didn't like that. And I thought, she, I think she thought I was joking because I told her about like a good three to five times and she kept saying it. And so finally I said, boo, if you keep on using that language when you talk to me, I'm little, I'm not going to talk to you. Like I do not approve of that. That's not cool to me. I don't like it at all. And here's the reason why. And she finally got the picture like, oh, okay. Yeah. You're serious. Yeah. So I didn't have to cut her off because she changed her behavior. But to me, that was very toxic because of my history with the word, with my feelings of myself and all that stuff. So in toxic relationships. I couldn't have said it better. Yes. In, in that shit. And then, (laughs) and then the last one, I think kind of ties into like delegating responsibilities and setting boundaries, but, and also showing yourself love and compassion is asking for support, right? So whether that means asking for a babysitter to come because you're feeling overwhelmed with childcare, right? And you need a break or If that means I need to find a therapist because I need to have the space to process all the shit that I'm dealing with, or if that means calling up your girlfriends and saying, hey, we haven't talked in a while, let's catch up so that we can celebrate one another or, you know, uplift one another because maybe one of us is going through it. But just being willing to ask for support. Speaking of asking for support, Dom. The baby's hungry. So I think we should hop into the after show. And lady, you can join us in the after show because life is calling. We're talking about the superwoman cape. That's all I got to put down the cape. <laughs> and we're going to hop on over to Patreon. So if you visit our website, herspacepodcast.com, click on Wisdom Wednesday with Terry Patreon at the top and join us for the after show where we're going to talk about tips to support the black women in your life. And Dom and I will talk about our experiences of putting down the superwoman cape. But before we head out, Dom is going to go ahead and do a quick recap on the tips that we covered. Yes. So tip number one, set boundaries. Tip number two, delegate responsibilities. Number three, show yourself love and compassion. Number four, end toxic relationships. And number five, ask for support. All right, lady, we'll see you in the after show. Hey, lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Do you have a burning question you're dying to get feedback on? Do you want an unbiased perspective on a situation you're facing? If so, visit cultivatingherspace.com and click Ask Dr. Dom under the Start Here option. Every Tuesday, I'll choose a few questions and answer them at random. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, 
or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website, cultivatingherspace.com, and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. I am doing the best I can with the understanding, knowledge, and awareness I have at this moment.